once again, and welcome to Sotong Sessions. You're on with Candice, Delia, and Jazz. It's so good to be back. It's hey. been a whole week. It's been a whole seven days. We're so glad to have you guys back. Thank you again for all of you viewing our last week's episode. We saw y'all. We saw the views on the Instagram, IGTV. Um, I've been monitoring the views in YouTube. So shout out to all of our faithful, faithful ones. We appreciate the love. Yes. Ladies, how y'all doing this week? Feeling good, looking good. Pastel colors come through. Hey. <laughs> you didn't even have to call to coordinate that. We feeling very um, Easter, resurrection. I don't use that word, Easter. We're <laughs> the pagans to decide. <laughs> feeling very festive. D-Money, how you feeling? Very alive and bright, I think, is how we're all kind of feeling. Yeah. 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 I like that. I, I always comment on, like, how you guys are looking, and I have to say that these headscarf, this is my favorite, my Yay. favorite look here. I like a little, a Thank little wrap. Thank Is yeah. there a brand or a particular person you want to shout out for that, or that's just your own style? Well, these last guys. week we had a beauty supply situation. <laughs> shout we out got it again this week. Yeah. Yo, is she got Afro in there? <laughs> yeah. I gotta go get those. I haven't seen those. Same collection, ninety nine cents. <laughs> <laughs> it's a collection. I'm sorry, D Money. What did you say about your hair scar? Well, no, it's just I got these at Target. Oh, you bougie. That's more than 99 cents. I can't afford that. <laughs> that might as well be Louie, girl. It's supposed to be, I guess, like, you know, like neck scarves or like face scarves, but I made it into a head wrap. It works. See? You know what? They say that necessity is the mother of all invention. I disagree. I think black women are the mother of all invention. Like, when I tell you we're going to make it, we're going to remix it, we're going to discover it. Yep. See? Right there. So that's a necktie? It's supposed to be like a necktie or ah. like, a, like a face mask or something, you know, because everybody's doing masks now. I was zoom in on that later that, on. Yeah, I just turned it into a headscarf. You better. I respect the hustle. What? Thank you. Man, so last week we finally got to address Rona that we've been talking about in, a, um, in the third person. <laughs> you call her by name now. Um, I think the second biggest Thing we really have to address, at least for me this week, is this issue of just standing in your own truth, being unapologetic about who you are, right? Mm -hmm. I've been reading like a lot of these memes. There's this meme going around on Instagram about um, strong Black women and how like society calling us that doesn't really give us permission to be like sensitive or fragile. In fact, it puts on us the burden to endure some, some stuff that we just were never built to endure because we can handle it. So I wanted to bring that up today because I know a little bit something about both of y'all. Strong is definitely one of the words that I have myself have used to describe you guys. And I wonder, like, how do you describe yourself? Mm. Especially in these new terms, like, do you call yourself a strong black woman? And what do you feel like that does uh, for your perception of yourself and others' perception of you? Is this too heavy? Can we start off like this? <laughs> <laughs> Jump on in. I've been thinking about some things this week, all right? I want to talk about it. <laughs> Bring it in. No, I think that label, strong Black woman, I think it used to be something that a lot of us wore as like a badge of honor or mm -hmm. we had pride in that we are um, strong, resilient, 
resilient, innovative, like, yeah, the things that we just talked about. Um, But on the flip side, it, it can be a heavy burden to wear that to wear that badge of strong black woman because like you said it kind of does give people permission to like burden you and lay stuff on you that we aren't meant to carry that we're not built to carry and so there's like mm, there is a good side to it but there is a side that's like that's not an excuse for how we treat black women in our society you know right I I get that so like the fact that we might be this way or call ourselves this way has been used to justify poor treatment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you mind what you think? What do you think about this moniker, strong black woman? No, I agree. I mean, I always, I grew up surrounded by women. You know, right. most of my, my aunts and stuff were always around. There were always women around. Um, and so I kind of grew up with that like strong black woman influence and experience and, an upbringing, you know, like my mother raised me to be strong. My mother raised me to make sure that I could take care of myself um, and that I didn't let anybody step all over me or railroad me or, you know, take advantage of me. Like that's kind of what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wore that. But then, like you said, there were times where I did feel like I was maybe being taken advantage of because people felt like, Oh, she, she got this. She can handle it. It's all good. It's no big, it's no big deal. Right. And then I think when you wear that, then the other piece that comes in is that, Um, You don't know how to be vulnerable. You don't know how to be in touch with your emotions. You don't know how to take care of yourself because you're always trying to carry this weight of being strong for everybody else. So that was something that I struggled with was like, okay, I'm, I'm this strong black woman, but then like, I'm falling apart. What do I do? Right. You know? And here's my question for that is who do you call? If you are the strong one, who do you call Mm -hmm. when you feel like you're falling apart? Girl, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I heard about this study that says that Black women are the most religious, like, spiritual demographic in America. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that's very interesting. And I think historically, like, the context of America, Black women have had to be strong because, like, slavery, you look at the, the father being taken out of the home, Um, The woman is left to be abused by the master, to still have to take care of the kids. Like there was a lot there alone. And then you look at like generational trauma getting passed down and the mom trying to, or the woman of the house, the woman in the family trying to be the one to keep everything together and to like shoulder a lot of things, right? Um, But I don't, there's so much, there's so much. Go ahead and unpack it, Jess, we're here for it. That's why we ask you. (laughs) there's so much we could say and then even you know in back when slavery um in those times like there were a lot of doctors that would experiment on black people um so even in like the healthcare system you have these disparities between how black people and white people are treated like how do you operate on black women with no anesthesia like things like that going on where black women are seen as being superhuman and it's like oh they're 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 built differently they can handle it they don't need um the same care as you know this person over here and then like bring it to today's society where black women are more likely to die um from childbirth complications and things like that you know it's like we're not receiving the same care as our white counterparts because black women are seen as so strong and we're seen as like dramatic or overly 
you know, whatever, to where our complaints that we're bringing up to healthcare providers are not being taken seriously. So there's a lot, like in the label strong black woman, it is deep. I heard that last argument um, when it was posed to just black people in general and uh, during this time of protesting and even in the 60s, that a lot of people, um, basically white people from upper class who didn't have any association with the civil rights movement or why black people were protesting were saying those words, oh, the black community is just being overly dramatic Mm -hmm. and they're just protesting to make a fuss about nothing. And I've heard that same line of reasoning this time around as well uh, mm-hmm. with the Black Lives Matter protest. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if that line of reasoning isn't just exclusive to Black women, but to the Black community at large, that the reason why we raise complaints is because we like to make noise. Where, which is like, I mean, where do they do that at? For what? <laughs> and then that would, it, that would only make sense if all we were doing were making noise. You'd have to ignore all the images You'd have to ignore all the statistics of Black women dying in childbirth. Um, you'd have to ignore, ignore a lot of fact in order to make that, that argument. Mm-hmm. It is a very interesting thing. Delia, how do you kind of interpret that label now, especially given everything that's going on, um, all the concerns that you have, internalizing everything that's going on? How do you feel about being called that strong Black woman? I think it depends on where it's coming from. So for me, I know that if you guys call me a strong black woman, I know what that means for me. You know what I mean? And I know that that comes with a little bit, doesn't come with like a negative connotation with all that baggage on it, because I know you guys are lifting me up. I know you guys are encouraging me. I know that you see my struggles. You also see my victories, right? So when you call me strong black woman, you guys see all of that in me and it makes me feel good. So I think it depends on, stop it, Candace. Yeah, a little love right there. Can we just? Ooh. I feel like it just depends on where it comes from. You know what I mean? Like when I talk to my sister, when I talk to my closest friends, um, and we're talking about the strength that we carry and the strength that we have, we're also able, like I said before, in the same way to be vulnerable. You know, Candace, when you were saying like, who do you talk to? Right. I think it just goes back to those people that you feel comfortable and close to that you can have those real conversations with. Um, but if I hear it in a context where it's like, man y'all are some strong black women and y'all just need to like pick yourself up by your bootstraps and keep on moving forward. It's like, but do you understand my struggle? Do you actually see me and hear me and understand what it is that I'm going through? Or are you just trying to, you know, push me over to the side and tell me to get over it? You know, Um, I've had several black women friends who have had kids, like Jazzy was saying, and it was very important for them. And they were very strategic to be able to vocalize what they needed and how they wanted their medical care to go forward. And, and one of them had like a doula. And she was like, I need an advocate. Mm-hmm. You know, she was like, yeah, I'm strong and I can handle this, but I need an advocate. I need somebody to advocate for me in the room, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, I've had a lot of those different conversations with women. So for me, it just depends on who's kind of talking. Mm-hmm. Um, because for some people, they still don't have that lens. And yeah. so it comes off very condescending in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Can I, can I start a pot a little bit further? I got another question. <laughs> what you got to mix up now? <laughs> you know, I, I've been very open, you know, about going to counseling and stuff. And so this is like a, a question that I'm really wrestling with as far as my own identity. Like really being intentional about shedding that, that, that moniker of the strong one. And let me tell you, that don't come off easy. That's like armor. 
somebody else got to undo that in the back, you know? It takes two people to take that off. <laughs> but what about if it's a black man calling you a strong black woman? Like, how does that sit in your, in your soul? What he look like. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Y'all know I had to put that in there. Come on. Of course. Of course. That's a did. very, very, like, good question, actually. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's so funny. Y'all was thinking it. I just said it out loud. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I think. Well, there's a lot of black men in our lives. So I, I guess family versus non-family. Like, not a relative, you know, not your, your husband or your brother saying it. Like, a non, just when you hear black men in general, refer to black women in general. Like, dude at the gas station or. Yeah, okay, like him. <laughs> like Tyrone at the gas station. <laughs> no, like Tyrone at the Atlanta baggage claim. Because that's it different. <laughs> I definitely remember my blackness more getting off the plane into New York <laughs> every time I came home from Korea. <laughs> I'd be so like, you don't want oh. it. Every time. <laughs> I think me and Jazz have many conversations about going through Atlanta. That if you if you go through Atlanta first from Korea, oh, you will remember your whole self, your identity, how beautiful you are. You will not they will not let you leave the airport without hearing it. No. Yes. But I think, Candice, I think the same thing kind of applies. I think it goes to who's, who's, who's doing it, you know, like who's talking and, and what, is, what is their intention behind what they're saying? You know, because yeah. you'll, you'll probably get, you know, people hollering at you, whatever, um, just kind of saying stuff and who knows what they mean. But, um, I mean, like you said, difference between family and random people you meet. You know, if your family members are saying stuff to you and they have that relationship with you, it hits different. You know, if my dad calls me strong, it's going to hit different than some... Yeah random person that I don't know, you know, but I think that it, with those people, it probably does attach itself more to like the, well, you guys are the strong black women and, you know, you lift us up and you lift yourself, you know, it goes back to that. I think mm -hmm. more so than um, also understanding that my vulnerability and my weaknesses make me strong. Mm. That's what I think there are a lot of other words that can be used because like, strong we only hear that with black women when's the last time you heard strong white woman or strong white girl you know what i mean like you know when you hear that is when like she, there's been a physical altercation i'm like hey she was strong <laughs> <laughs> but there are a lot of other things and words that can be associated with our femininity as women like beautiful gorgeous kind outgoing like there are so many Vulnerable. other things um versatile like black women we are all of that like we're so many things and we're so much more than just our strength so i think it would be cool to start to see that in society like you know name some other attributes that we have that you enjoy and that are you know unique to us as a people yeah i asked that question in particular because i think for me it it depends on which group of people are using that. And I do admit that when I hear that from like non-familiar non black males, it feels like, um, I'm trying to be delicate, like permission to sin against. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like you'll hear it, like if, if, if we're listening to J. Cole lyrics, for example, I'm not gonna talk about his last album, but let me just say, 
if I'm listening to a J. Cole song, for example, and I hear J. Cole refer to black women as strong black women, I know that he mean that we put up with all of his shit through all of his years and now, uh, and he's, he respect us for it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that, or, or it's always synonymous with how much we have to, we've endured or I, I've endured on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And so that I'm starting to wrestle with. And I like that. Like, I like being shotgun in a whip talking about some, yeah, I can sign that lease if you can't get it. Like, I like that. <laughs> but now I'm like, yo, maybe I don't need to like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I think it's time that we move the narrative forward. Like, there's more. I think it's time for us to move beyond that. And, like, when you look at what the Black woman brings to the table, we bring a lot. Like, let's get some credit for some other things that we're doing out here rather Mm -hmm. than just being strong and holding down our men. You know what I mean? Right. Like you can be that, but there's so much more, there's so much more that you are, Mm -hmm. you know, like you can have that piece of you and then, and all the other pieces that combine to make you the beautiful woman that you are. So I'm asking out what was asked of me. If we remove the word strong from how you identify yourself what other words or descriptions would you use to describe yourself jasmine why do you not me teacher because <laughs> you be saying some stuff you i mean it's a great point we have so much so many other things that are going on with us so i want to hear some of those things like i think i'm like multi-layered multi-faceted like mm-hmm. there's a lot i multi-dimensional <laughs> like there's a lot going on over here so I think I don't know I like first of all words of affirmation is my love language I like being affirmed I like being recognized I didn't know that it's the narcissistic part of my personality <laughs> that likes that but uh I don't know I, words mean a lot to me mm-hmm. so to hear from people in my family, my husband, people in society, like, I don't know. I like hearing those specific attributes, you know what I mean? Such as? Uh, the ones I just listed. <laughs> Multi. Multi-dimensional, versatile. Oh, okay, that's an attribute. Okay, okay, okay. I got it. Sorry. I didn't, I, I felt like multi was followed by dot, dot, dot. So I was like, okay, let's fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. No, yeah. Hmm. How about Delia? If we had to remove strong, how else would we, how would else would you self-identify? I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of um, love languages. Yeah. Um, I don't particularly like words of affirmation. I'm like, huh. mm. <laughs> um. that would make you the least narcissistic out of the three of us. Then. <laughs> this is true. Would you um, like to be the moderator? <laughs> right. I don't know. I think for me, I feel, I just feel like I am, um, like a creative but also someone who just really enjoys um like the beauty of something coming something being birthed out of something else um i really just i don't know like i like to create and i like to find new ways to do things mm-hmm. um so i i don't know what that word would be but innovative innovative creative yeah. resourceful yeah, yeah. okay mm. this well, what I had said in my last session, <laughs> um, I think at this point, I would, I would just like to be referred to as smart. I don't, intelligent. Yeah. I realize that I'm very protective of that one. 
Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I, I respond more violently when my intelligence is undermined. Mm-hmm. That's a new one. Don't, don't, don't think I'm stupid. <laughs> yeah. Not. Yeah. I think just that one. Um, and I want to be passionate. I think I'm very passionate about the things that I believe in, which is not that many things. But when I believe in something, I'm super passionate about it, particularly people I, I do love. If I love you, then nobody can touch you. Like, I'm not going for that, you know. I agree with that. I do. I feel that. Do you? <laughs> thank you. I feel that about you, though. I think you got that, too. I think we all do. We yeah. all do. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's what I think people mistake. They might use the word strong for. But another word is that we are very, we're fiercely loyal. Mm-hmm. Um, we're and passionate I, about who and what we love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Re, we are resilient. I mean, not we re- come from our people. Like you're not, you're not gonna come from our people. Nope. And that makes us look like we are always on the defensive. But we're protectors. Like mm-hmm. we protect our family. We protect ourselves. Because you're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be out here coming for me and my family. Like that's not happening. Yeah. And the thing is, we are very um, intuitive as well. So we see it from a mile away. Right. We can see somebody like, I know you the type that's going to trap me in a couple of years. So I'm cutting <laughs> you now. Like, <laughs> we ain't doing it. I ain't got time. Uh, there's a good friend of ours um, who recently, I think I told you about this, Jazz, a good friend of ours back in Korea, who when he talks about Black women, I believe him. Like, mm-hmm. he's very affir- affirmative. What's that word? Yes. Affirming. He's very affirming about black women. And he told me that whenever a black woman is present or enters a room, he automatically feels safe, secure, and loved. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. That's so good. But there's something, like, there's something about, like, a black mother or a black grandmother. Like, I grew up with my mom, my grandma being the ones in the neighborhood that would, like, feed everybody and like oh baby you want a snack come on in here you know what I mean like every black mom and black grandma just has that soul and that sweetness you know to where they just embrace people Mm -hmm. and that's that's just a part of who we are as black women Mm -hmm. I think one other one last characteristic I think that people could replace the word strong with is wise and I think the way a black woman's wisdom comes across is strength right Mm -hmm. because if you i don't think there's anything that i could hear someone say um like trauma wise or that they've been through that would shock me to the place of being completely undone do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. there's always a a bit of wisdom that we can offer to a situation or at least comfort to a level to say trouble don't last always you know like (laughs) there's enough of that going on as well yeah Okay, so we've given the people some other words that y'all can use to describe us that may or may not include the word strong. I just want us to become more humanized in the eye of other people. Right. Expand your vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Or just your view of Black women in general. That too. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so Candace, you were talking about your friend, or our friend, I guess. You'll have to tell me who that was later, um, <laughs> over in South Korea. So when we're thinking I about- would tell you now, but another friend that we mentioned on air told me that she was going to sue us for libel. So I decided. <laughs> okay. All right. No worries. No names. No names. No names. <laughs> so no I decided we ain't going to do that no more. I might get in trouble. Tar- I might get in trouble for saying where this came from earlier. I was like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, but in terms of like us being Black women and then also having lived abroad, 
have you guys experienced like what what has that experience been like you know traveling abroad traveling as black women do you feel like you get that from people when you're there um or was that kind of like a like a one-off situation that this person told you that 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 feeling of security and safety from black yeah and just like those positive experiences do you have you felt that a lot being a black woman who has traveled abroad or do you feel like that, that was like an isolated thing let me just say for the record, I love this line of questioning. Ooh, that makes me feel really good that you asked that. Because <laughs> now it's making me think like, oh, wait, it's a little bit different, I think, abroad, yeah. for me anyway. Mm-hmm. I saw Jash shaking her head, so go ahead, you go. You take this first. Yeah, I think um, there was more curiosity mm-hmm. abroad about the Black woman, particularly our hair, our physique, our looks, the way we carry ourselves, um, especially being in an opposite culture where you do not look like the majority. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't necessarily feel embraced a lot of the times. In fact, I felt the opposite. I felt um, that I stood out (laughs) and not in a good way. Yeah. And you get a lot of comments um, about your physical appearance, you know, Um, some coming from a place of genuine curiosity and ignorance and others coming from a place of like, I don't know, a condescending place, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. It's interesting being abroad, particularly in an Asian country as a black woman. Mm. Wow. How about you, Candice? Um, well, I, I think while traveling abroad, I've always felt very like kind of admired. And um, like I did have people like touching my hair, but they would be like, you know, ajimas, like on the street and they touching it to fix it. You know, like, oh, you got some in your hair. You know, they're just grandmothers. They touch um, your hair to fix it? I had an old lady do That's that That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, but mind you, like, I don't, I don't think it would be different if I had like, you know, braids and stuff. And I, I can't remember what that experience is like. I might have some stories I don't remember. But um, I just, I always felt quite like loved and definitely curiosity, but from a place of like, um, I don't know the word for it, but like just from a place of fascination, not like a zoo-like curiosity, you know, but more like, you know, a respectful curiosity, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think the only two instances where that was not the case was when I was in South Africa. And I think when I was traveling around sub-Saharan Africa, everyone just kept trying to place me. So I was still like out of place and still like, where is she from? Where is she from? But then they would come up with things like Egypt or something, you know, which was cool. Like I liked that I was African and they had to just try to figure that out. Um but it was also in South Africa that I got called the N-word for being a black woman. Um, so I don't know. I think the experience has been mixed. Asia has been really kind to me, but I think outside of Asia, it's been like kind of mixed. How about how about you, Dee? I'm scared what you go say. No, no. I think I, I think I've experienced a bit of a mixture also, where I've had some of the fascination, like the genuine fascination, people wanting to just kind of like really understand, um, you know, with working with my little kids, they will, you know, one of the biggest questions I always got was, do you taste like chocolate? Ooh. 
You know, like that was one of the biggest questions that they would ask, you know? And I'd be like, if I tasted like chocolate, I wouldn't be here because I would just nibble on myself all day. <laughs> like, you know. Oh, no. that's why you wouldn't be there. Okay. <laughs> um, but, or like, I think one time I was in China actually um, on vacation and I was with a friend of mine who is Asian and she came and she like stood super close behind me. And I was like, what are you doing? And she said that there was a, a Chinese lady who was standing behind me. I had my hair down at the time. And she mm-hmm. said the Chinese lady was like, like pinching my hair. I couldn't feel it because my hair was so long. But she was like, the Chinese lady was like behind you pinching your hair and like what? looking at it. And, and so she, she, came, like- she came behind me to like protect me so nobody else could touch me. And then they were trying to talk to her in Chinese, but she was Korean. So she was like, look, I don't know what y'all are saying, but stop touching my friend. Like leave her alone. So that was, in, that was one instance where I kind of felt like I was in like a fishbowl and everybody was just kind of like looking at me. Mm-hmm. And there have been times maybe like on the train or public transportation where I get on the bus or I get on the train and I can just kind of feel the eyes, you know, and so you get that. But I don't think I ever felt like malicious intent behind, yeah. from anyone. I think it was a lot of just like curiosity. They'd probably never seen anybody that looked like me before, never experienced anybody that looked like me before. Um, but I, I think that was that was it was a mixture. Because like you said, like Jazzy said, we are very obviously not from no. their culture. Like, it's obvious. There's no way to escape it. There's no way to try to hide, blend in. Like, it's just not going to happen, you know? So I got, I got a bit of both, I think. But I think it's interesting that you said that this guy felt, like, very comfortable and, like, you know, loved and warm or whatever. Because for me, that's how I felt when I met you guys. I was like, whew, okay. <laughs> like, I'm in this foreign country there are sisters here. Like, I feel like I can connect and I have an, like a, like a little, a little group of people that will understand what I'm going through, you know, but that's me as a black woman. So I can, I think it's interesting that somebody else could also still be like, yeah, I felt that from you guys as well. Like, I find that really cool. Mm-hmm. Jazz, did you feel like that? Like the first time you saw another black woman in, yeah, in, in, like, it's whoa. like a sigh of relief. Like, a little piece of home, like somebody who I don't have to explain myself to, you know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's like that instant familiarity. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. I think this is why it's important for more black women just to travel one, because I think there are a lot of nations outside of America that love us better, to be honest. Um, While there are a lot of them that are just curious beyond the point of fascination I just think like it just it just feels good to be seen differently mm. um, plus I think we need to kind of like just show the world who we really are because if we leave it to the, these new United States to portray what a black woman is to the world it's gonna be all bad for, the, for us for a while so okay so we we have new words now we don't mind being called strong black women we don't even mind being called strong black women abroad, women who travel. But there are other words that humanize us, like inventive or creative or multi. <laughs> multi. <laughs> <laughs> or passionate or fiercely loyal. Yes. That's my challenge to our listeners today. If you got black friends, especially black female friends, affirm her in a different way this week. Find a unique way to affirm her. And if we happen to be one of your friends, well, you know the words we like to hear. Well, me and Jazz. Delia's not a narcissist, so you ain't got to worry about that. 
<laughs> I wish, look, I can't, because of all of this quarantine stuff, my, my love language is quality time. So I'm like, oh, it's this hard. Yeah. They cut deep, Shrek. They cut real deep. Not <laughs> <laughs> the words. Just come over and watch a movie. <laughs> With our face mask and our gloves on. <laughs> uh, I miss y'all. And that's why we get together every week. Us three and a hundred of our closest friends. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for tuning in, for giving Delia that, that dose of quality time that she needs. We respect you guys for it. Uh, as always, share, subscribe, like, follow, rate, comment. We do love comments. Yes. Um, every episode premieres every week so if you can catch that at 10 a.m eastern standard time with the live countdown and one of us if not all of us is there in the chat willing to chat with you guys as you watch along um well until next time until next time until next time bye